Welcome, everybody, to another installment of the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It is February the 16th, 2022. We are here a little bit late, but for good reason. Uh, before we introduce that reason, let me introduce my usual co-host, Mr. Neff Canuck. Hello, sir. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good. And we're going to find out who our guest is right now. Well, you know, if you've read all the reports... It is the man behind Extreme Anime Radio, Mr. One and Only Keiichi-san. I was early. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? You were out of practice. That's the problem. Oh, oh no, I'm in. Oh, really? Oh, come on. It's only 45 seconds, gentlemen. What's going on? <laughs> How's it's it going? It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, someone's feeling saucy. <laughs> like habanero. Oh, boy. So That's Kay. a little too saucy for me. <laughs> well, Kay's occasionally joined us through the um, streams we've been doing on Twitch playing the various trivia games, but I think it was last year since you came on this particular podcast stream. So how are things going with you, Kay? Uh, going all right. Going all right. Good. You know, living through the pandemic as everyone else. Right. And hopefully... Hopefully we're climbing back out the way things are going and the way, way I'm reading things in the news these days. Oh, uh, it's it, I don't think it's ever going to go away truly. I mean, let's mm. face it, we're going to probably end up like like I mean, let's face it, like Japan was 2 or 3 years ago where, you know, you just wear, you know, you go out, you wear your mask and that's just what you do. Mm. <laughs> All right. You know, you, you in fact, you start making sure your mask matches so that way you, you know, it doesn't ruin your uh your gothic lolita outfits or whatever you're deciding to wear. <laughs> I should have brought my gray mask with me for this show. No. <laughs> I, I, I only have one mask that I use and I properly sanitize and wash it. Uh, it's a Maple Leafs mask. So basically I'm literally a walking symbol of social distancing between the Leafs and the Stanley cup. <laughs> I can't say too much. Cause I mean, I'm here in Dallas. The stars are not much better. Well, hey. the, the problem with the Dallas stars is, you can see there's progress. When it comes to the Leafs, it's like, oh, they're they're progressing quite well. Except that magic P word that they can't seem to do anything with. <laughs> I don't mean penalty shot. I don't mean penalty kill. Mean I points. mean playoffs. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say you mean just points. <laughs> oh, no, we, we got lots of those. We got lots of those. But it's those playoffs, that nasty P word that the Leafs basically shrivel up and die. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I just want to say out on the offset here, um, we make the normal disclaimer at the start of our episodes. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Extreme Anime Radio. Tonight, we'll just blame Keiichi-san for everything. What do you say? Uh, that's that's how it normally went anyway. So yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> By the way, it's probably my fault that, uh, just as a heads up, I don't show you on Twitch yet. Uh, mm. No, uh, I, I'm streaming. I'm showing, according to Twitch, you're still showing his offline. Because <laughs> I was good. Oh, there it goes. Finally. Oh, man. You, Twitch was just. You're called lagging, my friend. <laughs> I literally capital refreshed, it. I refreshed it since we started talking five times. And it kept saying offline, 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 offline. Interesting. And Are you watching this with a 2400 baud modem, my friend? Oh. <laughs> 2400 baud, huh? Yeah. No, actually, so just to be fair. I actually have gigabit symmetrical. <laughs> Excuse me? 
And yeah. you're that lag? Up and down, I think. That's what yeah. it means. Gigabit symmetrical. So it's one gig well, up, one gig down. I, it's I fiber know what that means, all the way. God, but I'm just going, how could you be that lagged if you have that fast I think it, connection? Oh, I, I, I guarantee you it's probably oh, it's probably it's probably Twitch's um the way that Twitch has got the um their various endpoints, the the endpoints endpoint closest to me hadn't caught up. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, because that's the fun thing about, you know, working in the business like this and working in IT is I understand how those technologies work. And uh, let's face it, when you have cash, you know, when you're when you're caching things across different uh, various uh, regions, it's not always up to date. There could be anywhere between, a you know, I have actually seen sometimes where it's like, oh, hey, you know, we push the main. Let's see how quickly each region updates. Okay. Look, I can see up in Canada, it's it's ready to go. I can see New York's got it, Dallas has got it, California. Four minutes later, oh hey, look, it finally showed up. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, that's just the way these these various caching services. So blame Akamai or whichever caching service they're using on their front end. Liz says, "Attack mm. of the fifty foot lag monster." <laughs> well, Only and- fifty foot. That's not bad. Mm. Of course, now it's really funny because I hear you guys in real time, and then of course I see the uh, twenty, fifteen, or ten to fifteen second lag for the video. So it's like I hear Neff, and then uh, Neff's mouse opens up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sharing the Discord video. Can you see it? Oh, I can see the Discord video. I okay, just, I'm in there just because I so I can see the chat room. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. But um, so yeah, we have uh, some topics of discussion. Well. So we could probably take those topics and throw them out the window because we're here with Keiichi-san. How do you feel that Extreme Anime Radio, something you created 21 years ago, is now old enough to drink? Well, I mean, oh, God. It's still weird to think that that something that I created 21 years ago is still around in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it's definitely not the same as it used to be. Right, right. You know, I mean, but that's, you know, let's face it, that's all part of the... uh, the growing and changing of the entire market, because I can, I can, oh god, I can remember the first time we had to deal with lights and licensing problems. And for those of you who are not part of the know, the whole internet-based radio licensing scheme for smaller stations has always been contentious. It was always problematic. It yeah. was always an issue. No one ever saw it behind the scenes because you know, for when I was managing the station, I was handling all of that. But it was, it you know. And JR can speak to it once he took over and had to start dealing with it himself. They hate you. <laughs> just like they don't care. And, and it know? was not too not too long after I took over when uh, we ran into the issues with the uh, copyright royalty board not renewing that provision. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it and. and and, and, and it doesn't help you that you have no friends. That's what really what it came down to is you really, you know, as, as a smaller broadcaster, you had no friends because there was, if you went too small, well, then you had pirate radio on the left-hand side where they were just like, you know, we're just going to do our thing and right. ignore everybody. And then you had, you know, even the live 365s weren't really, you know, who were, a co- you know, supposedly a coalition of small broadcasters. They were never on your side. And you had... Um, you know, of course, all your big market prank, you know, ones who wanted to shut all of us down because it, you know, sort of ate into their, their margins of what mm-hmm. they want to do. The clear channels, CBS, mm-hmm. all those big broadcasters, it, it, you know, 
you would have thought that they would have wanted to have been outside because you know because what we were do what we were asking for would have actually helped them out but mm-hmm. they were much more interested interest interested in getting rid of competition than they were actually making it a level playing field so right and, then... and so you end up you end up where you are today where i don't think there's many independent internet radio stations anymore there's a lot of pirates and then there's the big boys you know the Siriuses, the cbs radios the clear channels and and i'm gonna make a full disclosure here um i've been involved with this project almost as long as it's been in the as it has been in existence oh and by the way um mystic white dragon i want to read what he said um thanks for creating KHNet Radio XAR, KHE Sana made great friends with. Just wishing I'd be more active with it, but time difference at all. Of course, he's in Japan, where it's already, uh, he's ahead of us. He's, it's a Thursday already. I was say, he's in the future. <laughs> um, the future. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, this is the first time in the last few weeks I filed my taxes and I filed a Schedule A. For hobby income, <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember the first time that for me that was yeah just after I turned you know the year after I turned it over I was like, man, I don't have business income anymore. That's really or okay, let's be frank, I don't have business losses to file anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it, it and it was just I mean we we tried really hard to to try and do everything we could because i mean it was a labor of love for all of us of course. I mean, everyone who was who was involved with the station you know all the way back to because jr i think you started in right around year two i think oh two i think yeah because the station started um oh one oh one officially there was some false starts before then but yeah i think officially oh one is sort of the date we sort of or the the, the flag we sort of put in put in because that's when we actually had something that was 24 7 right um and it actually had a real name and everything else there was a lot of false starts before then because we were broadcasting stuff on shoutcast in and out out for probably a year because when i started broadcasting stuff i was living in north dallas in my apartment um with my roommates that would have been (laughs) yeah 99 i think and then it was because it was it was you joined up um my just after my when i'd been living in college station for about five months i think at that point in time mm-hmm. so it was one of we were still down in college station because we had that stupid wireless if if the winds blew too hard and made the um water tower and, and college station rocket would actually take our where our internet was purely wireless so we were actually going from we had a antenna a, a dish pointed at the water tower we were bouncing our signal off the water tower <laughs> over to the tower where the actual it was it was to be fair it was pretty revolutionary for oh, yeah. you know the early aughts you know we were getting you know almost a megabit per second um with that and it was it was pretty reliable it till major storms came through and and the water tower rocked just a little bit and suddenly we would go up oh, there goes the signal up oh, there go up oh, there nope. <laughs> you'd watch the signal degrade and go up it's good and go up and it would go up and down and up and down back to the rotary phones <laughs> yeah sort of kind of 
but yeah, it was, uh, it, and it made it through many moves and many, because uh, I mean, then afterwards, you know, moved it a couple places in College Station, then we moved it up to Denton, and then we moved it around Denton a couple times. And then, yeah, and then right before I moved to Carrollton is when I, or no, actually, I was still hosting it. I think you were running it at the time, but I was still hosting it. Right. In Carrollton. Um, and then it was sometime in Carrollton where, where we finally, I finally turned it up. You know, we were able to turn the whole thing over. Right. And then now, now that old station computer sits in my dad's apartment and that's the computer where we do all the taxes on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But- I, I, I still have bits and pieces. I still have I actually figured out that the old, the old sound card we used to use for it, for the station, um, finally died. Mm. I was like, Oh, well, it, for some reason, it, it it took it actually took a electric an electric hit. Oh yeah, not sure what happened there. Yeah, that sucked because it was a you know two hundred dollar XLR graphics card or uh, sound card. Mm-hmm. Missed that card because I mean, oh my god. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys on the station heard it. It mm-hmm. sounded fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it was it was actually mm-hmm. a professional grade. Uh, for those of you who wonder, it was an ESI Julia card, is what it was called, um, and it was. You know, it, t- it allowed us to actually put in unbalanced. This was an XLR. It was it, what we did. This is this is going in the back door a little bit. When we did the live shows, at least in my apartment. Um, so this was you know six people. This would have been with Britain, all that company. We had a mate. We had a voice mixer coming in, all XLR coming in out of that, and then we had unbalanced um, eighth uh, quarter inch coming out of that, going into that sound card. That sound card actually supported four quarter or. Four mono or two stereo quarter inch connections coming into it, mm. um, and since it was unbalanced, that means it was actually um, came in at very high quality. Plus, we were also doing it at 24 bit sound instead of 16 bit sound, uh, which is most what most people did. And so you actually got that higher fidelity yeah. coming into Sam. Now you probably lost you you lost a lot of that on the on the on the smaller streams, but when you got to the 128 right. um, stream, you'd hear that because there was actually you know. You could actually hear silence. You could actually hear, you know, crisp highs and lows, and it actually came through really nicely. I loved, I loved that system that we had built up. And remember, folks, that uh, back at the time the station started, and that the area was talking about, sound cards were a thing. Is something that was yeah. more, more or less, you needed for a computer, even that wasn't running a station. Now, not so much. Although they still, I do see them sell these sound cards online if you really really want uh you know uh, 28 channels of surround sound i mean <laughs> well and here but here's the thing though is that even even for professional grade you're still buying a sound card because mm-hmm. the sound cards that that come built into most motherboards nowadays are great but you're not you don't want great when you're recording audio that's going to be mastered and put onto a CD or mastered and put onto something, you really want that excellent. Right. Now, you can get excellent. That's the main thing that's come down in price a lot is you can get excellent mm-hmm. for not that much nowadays. Whereas, you know, I think when I first looked at doing um, this, um, when we first looked at getting it and we first started off, the microphones alone were like 150, 200 bucks. Um, and then, you know, you'd have to get another, you know, $300, $400 mixer and then a $500, you know, 
sound card. By the time we actually moved to that progression, professional grade setup, and by professional grade, meaning we could have, I could have actually had people on instruments in there, and it would have sounded pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get, you know, um, you could get, you know, like for example, what we're using, we were using a six channel XLR mixer, uh, stereo mixer. Mm-hmm. That was 150 bucks which was pretty inexpensive. And by the way, this was actually not a off-brand either. This was, uh, I think that was made by Stonheiser. Stonheiser? Yeah, I think it was a Stonheiser mixer. Mm-hmm. But it was a six-channel six XLR, plus it had two um, balanced, um, um, what's the name of it? RCA jack, RCA uh, inputs. So you could actually do it full eight channels. And actually, when we did... Um, when we used to do the pre-Acon uh, dance things where I would basically be practicing for the dance. Right. <laughs> Let's be real. That's what those really were, is me <laughs> experimenting. You know, me going, well, I, I can take up this. some time, you know. Mm. You know, let's let's turn it into something. Mm. Um, I would actually go into the mixer. I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother trying to wire directly into it. I'd go into the mixer mm-hmm. um, and I would mix the I would mix the audio and voice on the mixer. Mm-hmm. And then the mixer would come into the um, uh, come in, uh, come into the sound card. Now, I actually think about it. I think we actually got off of Athens. We were using our. I think by the time we finished, we'd actually because that Julia card was weird, mm-hmm. in that I could actually take the card out, mm-hmm. pull out the pull off the actual card piece, swap over, so literally flip the piece that actually plugged into the. Um, so you have that little L bracket on most um, secondary cards, right? And that L bracket, you know, the L bracket that actually gives you the output. I could unscrew that cart from that, flip that. It came apart into three pieces. You had the bracket, you had this um, middle area, and then you had the main card. On that middle area, one side of it had quarter, uh, yeah, quarter inch. Mm-hmm. The other side of it was, you know, you flipped it over, you got RCA connections in the exact same spots where the quarter inch were. So all you had to do was flip the card over. You know, it did require shutting down the machine because you're pulling a card right. out. Um, but you could flip that card over and you would either get quarter inch or RCA depending upon what type of inputs you needed. Wow. And then you plug the main part, you know, it had a, it had a, it had a connector, you know, you connected it back to that connector, you plugged it back into your PCI slot and boom, you got quarter inch or boom, you got RCA. It was great. I mean, look it up online sometime if you guys want to. It's it called an RCA Julia and the A in that Julia is an actual at sign. It's really weird. But it's a it, it's made by ESI which I think is a German company. Mm-hmm. Um but it was really it was very intelligently designed. I was uh, I was highly impressed with that card and we used that card for about 6 years. It may it, it lasted longer than the computer that we're running the station did on multiple occasions. <laughs> I remember power, power supply goes bluey from time to time as well as other components. Oh, right? oh, well, yeah. Let's see here. I think we blew multiple power supply. Oh, my God. JR probably remembers this story, but this is going to be probably new for Neff. Um, so the first time we took extre- um, what was called then caching at EX squared, but the first time we took the station to a live event, like we were going to broadcast live from a convention. Um, so we took the, the station's computer, which, mind you, at the time was in a full tower. And by full tower, I mean this thing was three feet tall, full metal tower. Um, we got it there. We, we, we shut everything down. We moved to the backup stream, um, 
which I forgot if that was that was that still where we were with Live 365? We were running it off of so. Live 365, yep. mm-hmm. or was it? It was either that or Jr. was running it, or someone else. I know we had a couple different ones in the thing, but it I think too, at that point I would, I, it was it was too early. So I think that uh, I think it was a Live think, 365 deal. I think it was still yeah. I think we moved to the Live 365 based yeah. backup stream, which means we only had like two hundred, you know, hundred songs in rotation when that happened. Mm-hmm. So we unplugged everything. The station was working just fine when we unplugged everything. We get it there. We hooked it up. First thing that happens, we hit pop fire. And the power supply blows. So here we are in Austin at the convention trying to find a big enough power supply to actually do this. Because, you know, this would, once again, this would have been in the early aughts. It's not like you can go run down to your local Best Buy and buy a power supply like you can today. <laughs> you had to typically go to a computer, re, you know, retail, you know, had to actually go to a computer specialty C- Circuit store. Circuit City. No, not even Circuit City at that point. In time. You could be a full computer, but you couldn't get computer parts. Mm. Like today, I can go. Yes, I can go to Best Buy and I can go buy a, a reasonable power supply. I'm gonna get you know charge twenty percent more than I should, but I can buy a reasonable power supply. Back then, you couldn't do that. You had to go to a computer specialty store. I think what we ended up doing is somebody donated a power supply out of their computer at home. I can't remember who it was. Might have been, I can't remember who it was. It was someone we knew in Austin okay. who was a listener slash friend of the station. Um, it was part of the Austin crew that I knew out there and had literally brought us his power supply from his computer at home for us to run this thing, run the thing. Uh-huh. And so I think four and a half hours after we had intended to start, we finally were able to bring it on and actually start broadcasting live. This would have been at Ushikan 2. Three, right. I'm trying to remember which one. I think it was Ushikan three that we did a yeah no it was it was Ushikan three that we did that first live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the hotel, uh, the hotel gave us a one megabit connection. I think from the uh, convention floor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great way to start off. The first time ever doing it is the first thing you do is you blow a power supply. <laughs> My my favorite uh, my favorite was the one uh, uh, boy we we were in one of the cons in Houston I think and uh, that was I think the first time I actually flew over to help you guys at a con was the one in Houston that would have been Oni I think Oni con Oni con one right and we were in the hall we were playing music we we're cranking out everybody's having a good time and dancing we we're having all sorts of contests. Meanwhile, we have three or four people come by asking us to turn our volume down because we were interfering with a Northwest Airlines conference of some sort. Remember that, Kay? I don't think I was there when they came by. Um, I don't remember. I remember someone telling me we got asked to turn it down. Yeah. Because I then went to the con chair and they went to the hotel and, you know. Right. No, I, I, I was asked four out. times on that, on, that, on that first day. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Northwest Airlines. That's hilarious. Now Delta. <laughs> Northwest... so... I mean, what? We're, I mean, that was not a big hotel. That was, a, if I remember correctly, that Onicon was in it. That first Onicon was not in a. I mean, it was at a decent hotel, but it was not in a big hotel by any stretch oh. of the imagination. Mm-mm. You know, because that was Onicon one was what a thousand person Think convention, so. give or take. Small. Oh God, to think. 
it's funny for me, you know. Now, mind you, I have been I I went to conventions probably starting in about ninety eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Back with Acon ten, mm-hmm. I think Acon ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went all the way through. I think I stopped going to conventions right around twenty fifteen, just because things just got too out of hand with them. Most of them. Um, but I can remember with Acon nine, we had, and it was like we we thought it was a fairly large convention. I think they had I think they had numbers in the six hundreds. The ninth one. I think it was 600. Because like, I think it was 10 or 11 where they finally broke 1,000. And we were like, we were like, oh, my God, this is huge. Right. You know, nowadays, of course, you got the, you know, 20, you know, Anime Expo at 50,000, 100,000 people. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, Akon nowadays, I think is, is well, Akon went bankrupt. And now they're, <laughs> there's all sorts of fun there. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the last major Acon that I went to was still about fifteen thousand people. Mm. Um, that would have been five or six years ago. Right, still, you know, still so decent thing, you know, sized, yeah. And then you got, you know, of course, you got the which what is it that's over in uh, DC, um, which is also really big. Uh, uh, Katsukon? Katsu, yeah, Katsukon. Yeah. I think I think it either just happened or it's about to happen. Yeah. You know, and then and then you got New York Comic Con. You know, you got these, you know, all these conventions mm-hmm. that are like, you know, people are like, oh, they're reasonable sized at, you know, 10, 15,000 people. And I'm like, dude, those are all huge conventions. I don't think you guys understand how small conventions, we some of the conventions we went to. The mm-hmm. first Ushikon I went to, which was the first Austin convention, I think had 300 people. Mm-hmm. And that was considered, that was for them. They were like, oh my God, too many people showed up. <laughs> And Neff would know this. Neff, Neff does. Neff, Neff is in the convention, uh, convention circus. I was going to say, say circuit. I'll say circus because it really is. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I was going to say I used to be just you know one of the uh, traveling uh, performers. Now I'm one of the trained monkeys. <laughs> I started with Anime North when it started, like as a as an attendee. That was back in '97. I think they said, I, I think it was about 500 people. Like, and that was a lot. That was more than they were expecting. It was a two day thing. I mean, the only reason I even found the place, it was a, it was at a part of a school, a University of Toronto Missioner Institute, was they had a giant life-size Staler Mars cutout. And I'm like, okay, now I know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing today, but I know now it's this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoops, I, oh, there we are. That's the address I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, over the years, Anime North has gotten bigger. I've become staff. Some would say slavery, but hey, slavery will eventually die. They don't let you die in the anime north. You do not. No, no, no. You you, you stay forever. (laughs) Although with the revised date, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to survive this con. Is it in the summer? Yeah, July 15th to the 17th. Oh, you get to feel my pain. (laughs) You get to feel my pain. I don't think I am physically capable of feeling that pain and not ending up in the hospital again. Did it because Acon, for those of you who don't know, Acon takes place the first weekend in June in Texas. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, that gives me flashbacks to the one time I was in Texas during that that time. And you know, as a Canadian, you walk into 110 Fahrenheit, 
and you're just like, help me. I want to go home before I melt. <laughs> this is what melting feels like. It's like the air conditioning in my car is like, you're not from around here, are you? No. I'll get you cool eventually. Yep. <laughs> and then imagine, you know, people wearing, you know, 12 layers because they've got these really ornate costumes. Because, I mean, let's face it, Akon, with it being as big as this, there were some serious costumes I saw there that were great. And then, of course, they'd have to go outside to do a photo shoot or do anything. And you see them come back and their makeup's half melted off. And you're just like, oh, I'm melting. Then there's the other side of the equation that that's happened to me at Anime North. Full costume, full downpour. Mm. Oh, that happens on occasion. We've had that. Well, I was wearing been... velour that particular con. Ooh. <laughs> velour and cloth seats in a car. That was a most nauseating squish sound and feeling. Try oh. driving like that. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's sort of gross. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I would, but I was staff for many years. I was staff on, let's see here, so I was staff at Acon for mm-hmm. 10 years because we finally, I finally, well, we, I stopped being staff when our staff had left and Acon decided they wanted to go in a quote-unquote different direction. Mm. Um, mind you, screwing over the entire staff that I was on <laughs> in the process. I think I remember hearing something similar to this, but yeah. Yep. I think I told, I'm pretty sure I told you about it, JR, but, uh, yeah, that was not, that was, that left a very, after that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just never going back to your, the convention again. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be supporting people who act like this. Yeah. You know, I dislike when I'm lied to, and I know I'm being lied to because I can talk to the other person cause I'm still great friends with them. And they tell me exactly what they told you <laughs> and have the email showing that they also put it in writing. So yeah, <laughs> the fun times we're having about uh, reminiscing about the good old days, uh, the good and the bad. Kava brings up anime Matsuri. That's a whole other can of worms. I think. Oh my god, anime Matsuri! I think I remember that one starting up. Um, oh, I do. I will say I miss a lot of the people. Like I miss Ushikan a lot. Um, I, I miss the staff. I still talk to some of their staff members mm-hmm. over Facebook every so often. Um, but cause I was really great friends with, uh, most of their head staff out there and they were a great bunch of people. I mean, they were one of, you know, they were one of those groups, groups of people where, cause I, you know, being that I worked with a number of staffs, um, and let's face it because of the, where we were and what we did 85% of the time, like, we weren't handled by events because we were doing the dances. We weren't handled by the um, uh, by the guest coordinator because we're also got stuff on the floor. So about with every convention, with the exception of Acon and Anime Fest and maybe one other, we were normally handled by the con chair. <laughs> <laughs> Because the event staff didn't know what to do with us, and the vendor staff didn't know what to do with us, and then you had, you know, you had the guest staff, and we were sort of spanned all three, and they're just like it, it, we ended up with either the con chair or somewhere close to there. Um, but of the conventions I've ever dealt with, Ushikan staff, we were also, you know, let's face it, I knew them from the convention scene when they mm-hmm. started Ushikan. Um, 
I knew them because they'd be coming to like I met the con chair of Ushikon at at Acon Ten. I actually have a picture of him and his wife at Acon Ten, mm. dressed up as Keiichi and Bell Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're reminiscing a lot. You see, folks, uh, we're, we're just letting Kay have the floor, and we're totally fine with that because. He deserves it. He he put in a lot of. I don't. I don't deserve anything. It's but it but it is fun material. Let's face it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but if there if there are two things I will hope to to, to touch on tonight, um, maybe we have a little time to discuss. Um, I do want to talk about um, you know COVID travel updates that we know, uh, but I also want to talk to you about. Uh, we made this joke, uh, Kay, because I think y- you might have started this joke, actually. Referring to some big game that happened last Sunday. <laughs> oh, wait, what, you mean referring to it as a superb owl? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I came up with that. I'm pretty sure I stole that from somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, I, I really, because I, I got, let's face it, I've seen... Because I actually know, I think I remember correctly, I saw it on like an ad in like Houston. It might have been, it could have been that that certain Houston um, mattress store that got a lot of uh, attention because of a, a certain betting owner. Uh, gallery Furniture. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, it might have been them. It might have been someone else. I do remember, though, seeing it on an ad. I'm just like, that's that's the real funny way to get around the rules about yeah. calling things by by calling that particular event by its name in your advertising and instead using right. the exact same letters with a space moved over one. Right. So he's referring to Neff, if you're not aware, Mattress Mac Jim McInvale. Um, what were you going to say? Think, I think we actually heard of him in Canada because I think it was him or maybe someone closer to our side of the board uh, on the other side of the border did the same sort of thing where they bet. And if they lost, it was either they, if they won or they lost the customers would get free merchandise. Oh, I can't, so I can't has done that number of times, but this time this year he actually got it because he actually bet like $2.5 million on. I think it was more it was- than that. It was, yeah, I think it was more than that. He bet a lot of money on was it the Bengals? I think it was yeah. the Bengals. Ooh. I I I hope he was going for the point spread and not for a win. Well, I think uh, no. I, oh, that's what it was. No, it was because it was two bets. One of them was was a straight up win and one was the point spread. And it nine was and a half million. million dollars piece. Nine and a half yeah. million. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It was a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> Well, after watching the first half of that game, I was going, does anybody want to score in this game? Yeah, like, right. It, it was seriously like, this is a hockey game, literally. Like, <laughs> nobody's scoring. I mean, that's the scoring that I get. Right. There was and that's, some, you know, it's not saying much. <laughs> there's a, it was a good game. Uh, there were some good commercials. The halftime show was very good. Um, but yes, uh, I say some commercials were good. And there Nev was some bad. Nev, oh my God, there were some bad ones. Nev, Nev can give a little review uh, because he, even though he lives in Canada, uh, once every three years he can watch the American commercials. Well, technically, it's two out of three because I use an antenna and I live close enough to the border that I can get 
most of the Buffalo, most of the Buffalo American stations reliably. Okay. The CBS station is a little wonky. This year it was NBC, which for the most part was pretty stable. Now, would it have been stable if I had pushed it to 4K? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But I was only watching, you know, the 1080 signal. Right. And I'll say this. Some of the ads that had all the buzz about them, unfortunately, I'd already seen because some of them got released to a streaming service up here the day before. Oh, no. I, saw, I actually saw a number of them on, on YouTube before they premiered. On That's the, what they do, too. They yeah. Premiered on the Super Bowl. But it's like, wait a minute, you make, you, you make a big deal about this being released, you know, at the Super Bowl. And then I'm watching Premier League on Saturday morning and I'm seeing these ads. And I'm going, oh, that's what the fuss is going to be about tomorrow. OK, it's not <laughs> the most horrible thing in the world. But and then you saw the ads on Sunday, including ads for a thing that I despise because it's basically a Ponzi scheme. For those of you that don't know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to Bitcoin and it's uh, associate. Yeah, crypto. Just, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a Ponzi scheme. If you're at the top, that yeah, was a get money. weird commercial. If it's the Is commercial it, I think you're talking about. The one well, with the QR code just floating around? No. Well, okay. There was two. There was two. There was, there was the QR code one floating about. And then there was the guy from, um, um, shoot, what's his name? He, 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 run, he basically runs SNL. Um, Lauren Michaels? Lauren, uh, no, not Lauren Michaels. I'm sorry. Thinking of a different person. Um, the guy, um, no, I think I said right. Lauren Michaels, right? Um, hold on. Yeah. I got to look it up. He, he's the executive director. He's been there for since the show started, and he's Canadian, which explains a lot about La Saturday Night Live. Larry David. No, not Larry David, not Lauren oh. Michaels. Larry David. <laughs> There was a commercial with Larry David that was also crypto too. Go, go he's he's going through history basically. Yeah, n n yeah, going through history, nay saying things that were major accomplishments. Mm. And yeah, that ends with him doing it about Bitcoin, and I'm like, I don't know, he might be right on the last one because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I will I will uh, keep my my opinions about it to myself, but there there's a reason why I own exactly zero crypto. <laughs> As I said, I mean, all I can say is when I see what crypto causes, including the price of video cards to become stupid. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, not stupid. Stupid implies that there is a bottom. There ain't no bottom. I mean, if you try to get a modern video card right now, be prepared to sacrifice oh, your yeah. first bone. Your left your There's right arm. I'm still running a, a 1070 GTX. <laughs> Well, there's a reason when I bought my super machine at the time, I bought the most expensive thing I could get my hands on because I knew even back when I bought it in 2020, I wouldn't be waiting for a 33,000 uh, series card because I'm not waiting that long. I'll be dead by the time I get my hands on one. Thank you. I've got a question for you. Uh, in my back pocket, Kay, you, you'll love this. I have an old... Uh, American Airlines uh, priority tag, a portion of a tag over here that's been sitting in my back pocket for... Who, not who? that old. It's not that old because it's got the new logo on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm making the joke. Can I take a picture of this and then make uh, $10,000 selling it as an NFT? No, because it's got a copyright to look on. Not my American <laughs> consent. We could try and do that, but yeah. that seems silly. 
know. <laughs> but wait, it can't be that silly because didn't um who was it um not Bethesda? It was it was it wasn't Bethesda. Who was it? Um, Are you thinking EA? EA? Was it an you know? I don't think. It wasn't Bethesda. Who was it that gave like gave as a bonus to all their developers an NFT, and I'm of, of like of like art assets from the game, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, was it Ubisoft? It was Ubisoft. That's who it was. Ubisoft. It was Ubisoft yeah, did that. And I heard about it because I saw it came up on one of my feeds, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? Why? That just that, that that makes no sense. Okay, I, I'm I'm reading something as I was searching for this, and apparently, uh, there's a company that offers uh, NFT horse racing, digital horses that players can race against each other. You buy them for real money, and they you transact just like a real horse race. Is that even legal? Um. In well, I mean, depends on where you're at. <laughs> um, depends on it. Depends on if betting's legal in your in your local, uh, you know, in your local authority. Uh, um, yeah, I really well, I know you. I know you. New York State actually opened up for a fair bit of betting because I see the ads from the American stations oh, yeah. in Buffalo, and they're pushing, you know, online sports uh, books. Yeah, just mm-hmm. wolves. So uh, Texas, Texas, still you cannot, with the exception of I think horse racing is the only exception that they right. have. Um, you can bet on horse races, but you actually have to be at the horse track, I think, to actually place those bets. There's no, right. still no remote or or internet based betting on that. Right, but I think if you're at the horse track, you can actually bet legally on stuff going on. I think you can bet on anything if you're on the horse race track's property. I think it's it's some weird. There's like I think there's a weird twist to that law. Mm. Okay, I would have thought, and I'm just gonna you know play dumb Canadian here for a minute because I am. I would have thought in Texas of all places, they'd be as close to Nevada when it comes to you want to gamble on something, go for it. We don't absolutely. care as long as we no. get a cut. Absolutely not. No. This is Texas. This this any things that make that make that make um certain groups of people wad up their 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 shirts, you know, and and, and, and go and, and and you know. No, absolutely not. We still can't buy alcohol on Sundays. Blue laws. Okay, we have government-run liquor stores up here. They're not the. They're no longer the sole proprietor of of liquor, except for heavy stuff, and they're open on Sundays. Yeah. No, what? I I come from a state where I could get I could get hard liquor afternoon. You know, I lived in Illinois. You you get you there. You can get hard liquor afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, at the grocery store. <laughs> I could literally. You could literally go to. You know, it's like. Go Sunday, you know, Sunday, just after church gets out, you go, you go get your groceries, you go get your hard liquor, you get all that stuff, you just go straight through Texas. I can buy beer and wine on Sundays, um, but there's no no sales of any alcohol before noon on any day. Um, and then, no, that's not true. There's, I'm sorry, beer and wine sales after noon on Sundays. Um, and no hard alcohol sales on set uh, on Sundays at all. <laughs> okay, that yeah, Texas is very me. much Texas is, is actually a very conservative socially state. 
So things like the, you know, things like that. There, there, there are a number of things. Gambling is 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 a huge no no because it's the nanny state. Mm. You know, no doing wrong things. Um, now, now you can somehow mix betting and guns together. You'd probably get it through no problem because guns are good. <laughs> betting bad. Wait a minute, Russian roulette. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess if you could find if you could find a way to to bet on that and not. Um, Murder someone in the process. That that's possible, but well, wait a minute. In Texas, it's it seems that you know you can get away with a lot, including you know making dead bodies if you know the right people, etc. Which <laughs> always kind of like what? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Castle doctrine is is ill. Mm-hmm. Going back to blue laws, though. Um, Bergen County, New Jersey has a blue law. So this is apparent if you go to meet to a marketplace, Japanese supermarket. On a Sunday, you cannot buy any alcohol, and you cannot buy any appliances, including your rice cookers, your teapots, uh, your electric kettles, that sort of thing. No appliance sales on Sundays. That's a weird appliance sales is a weird one. That toaster there is the devil's work. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not letting you buy it on Sunday. (laughs) Woo. But. Yeah, that that that's bizarre because, yeah, I, I, I hadn't. I, but once again, yeah, Texas is like that. And here but and, and Texas is also one of those states where um, not even not every county allows for alcohol sales in the first place. Mm. Like the county the, and, and sometimes it's not even county, it's city. Um, for example, the city of Fort Worth, uh, the Tarrant County is dry. Only allows beer and wine sales. The city of Fort Worth was wet, so they allow liquor sales. And because – so I could literally – I live in Fort Worth, so I could literally drive one block north and I can't buy hard alcohol, which would have been the city – that would have been another city here in in Tarrant County. Mm. I drive – you know, literally drive two blocks and there's two liquor stores right there. In fact, that other city, because they were losing out on money because of the liquor sales, just became wet. Ah. Okay. Now, I'll tell a little story quick. Mm. We actually allow, of course, the sale of weed up here. It's legal. The government controls, etc. Now, the trick was the government said, okay, you want to sell weed, that's fine. But the individual cities and municipalities have to approve it. Okay. So, Toronto, okay, fine. We can have weed shops. We don't care because they're Toronto. My town right next door. Oh, we don't want weed in our town. But you can go a block away which when it, when it, and go right over the Toronto line, and there's probably like four weed stores right there. Pretty much on the border. And they complain now, well, all, you know, we don't, we're not getting all this business. Everybody's, you know, going to Toronto. And I'm like, Oh well, yeah, you didn't, want, you didn't want it, so <laughs> congratulations, duh. Yeah, you could have had it. You could still have it. You could change your minds, but no, yeah, it, it's like that in Texas too. Um, and Texas is, yeah, we don't, we don't even allow. Do we allow even medical? I don't, I don't. I think there's just now considering laws for medical in Texas. They still haven't passed though. So I think Texas, though, it's sort of funny because. To get CBD sales, um, they wrote they they updated their marijuana laws to do an exemption for CBD, 
and in the process accidentally made one of the uh, variants of one of the uh, pot mer- uh, variants completely legal because they only reference a certain version of THC. Because <laughs> I think there's what I think there's like most marijuana falls under like alpha THC, but there's also like I think what beta THC. I think so. And I think if I remember correctly, the law was written in such that it only outlawed alpha THC, not beta THC. <laughs> mm. My, I'm going to comment to that to say the drafters of that legislation obviously didn't know their read very well, did they? <laughs> or the drafters of those rev- uh, knew exactly what they were doing and <laughs> hoped that their colleagues were well, clueless. That, 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 that sounds just as plausible, too. Really, really quick, because we're already at five minutes to the top of the hour here. Um, Canada and Japan, really, both countries have been in the news uh, with regards uh, to easing restrictions. Canada, um, probably not related to the uh, the truck convoy protest. They decided, based on the science, they're going to um, kind of ease things up on the international arrivals. So now... If I want to visit Neff in Canada, I have the option of taking a PCR test or a rapid test. Um, and uh, if you're selected for testing when you arrive in Canada, you don't have to quarantine until you get a negative result. So this is all positive news. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and I'll make this really brief, the flu trucks clan, you know, with all the crap they've pulled, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the bunch of them... You know, they're getting now what they deserve, which is the Emergency Act dropped on their heads. And what is the Emergency Act? Is It was something it used, that has never been used before, apparently. It used to be known as the War Measures Act that Justin's father used in 1970 mm-hmm. against the FLQ. I see. Which was, which was a terrorist organization in Quebec that had kidnapped two British ministers and actually killed them both. Mm. or killed one of them at least so it's like yeah like okay when you get a trudeau mad they eventually snap and i think justin has snapped and said you know what since the ottawa police didn't do anything and in fact the ottawa police chief resigned Mm -hmm. because he basically admitted he was such a you know lost cause the premier of Ontario basically went to ground, disappeared. Mm. No one could find him. It was like a giant game of where's Waldo. Wow. Turns out he was off snowmobiling while this is going on. And so it's left on, you know, Justin Trudeau's lap to go, okay, look, this is getting stupid. It's dangerous. We have to do something. And so, you know, in comes the emergency act. Now, some of the truckers have left. Some of them apparently are willing to go down to martyrdom of some type. Although I'm not sure what kind of martyrdom they'll get because it's not like they will be, you know, drug out into the street and hung up. You know, they'll just end up with like tens of thousands of dollars of tickets. Their trucks will probably be seized and sold to pay for those tickets. Mm -hmm. So if they own that property, well, that's on them. But if they took somebody else's property to this protest, that's going to get messy. So hopefully, uh, well... um... Things uh, will settle down, and as far as Japan goes, um, there looks like they're going to allow foreigners back in except for tourists. And as uh, Mystic pointed out earlier in the stream, uh, only 5,000 arrivals per day or something like that into Japan. Oh, I mean, that's... 
<laughs> I was going to say, 5,000 is more than zero, right? right. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, and one thing I was gonna actually going to say on, on, the, on the thing about Canada, too, is yeah. that I don't think most of these people realize that, I know in the U.S. at least, you can't get a commercial license if you have a uh, certain class of, uh, of misdemeanor on your, li- on your record. That is an automatic forfeit of your commercial trucking license. Mm. I think because it's provincial jurisdiction, I couldn't say for sure what will happen to mm-hmm. the various, you know, truckers have shown up from various provinces. As I said, my my thing is like, they're going to end up with $10,000 worth of fines. They're going to try crowdfunding. And guess what? The crowdfunding tap got turned off on you, you dummies. But, um, but no, I was saying about Japan... Um... So it looks like if the Prime Minister hasn't announced it yet, he's going to announce it very soon. Um, obviously, I didn't check anything over the news wires since we started streaming a few hours ago. Uh, but it looks like uh, long-term stays, such as students, skilled workers, and also short-term business travelers will be allowed back in, which were the same measures when Japan had that few weeks of window around October, November, where they briefly reopened the borders before Omicron came out. Um, there's been a lot of blowback from the international community saying that um, Japan should not discriminate against foreigners. Uh, they believe that uh, foreigners are bad bringing Omicron into our country. Uh, that, that is the opinion. Um, and there have been lobbying from uh, Japanese businesses, Japanese airlines, and also schools who've been waiting to send um, students to Japan and vice versa, um, Japanese schools waiting for students. So it looks like um, you're still going to be 5,000 a day. There are probably tens of thousands still waiting to go in. Um, quarantine is currently seven days. It's probably going to be reduced to three days. And if you test negative again, you're done with the quarantine. Um, there was also... Um, Which that uh, quarantine is awful. I actually saw a streamer who actually had to go through the seven-day quarantine. Was it the Australian streamer whose name escapes me? British. It was a British streamer. British, okay. But yeah, Sea Dog -Dog VA. Um, I I actually saw he actually had, he actually did a, uh, a, he's got a YouTube video out there of some of his Twitch streaming he did while he was stuck in, and and now he's, he's a, British citizen living in Japan right. um, has been living there. I think he's got his, his Japanese visa, but mm. he still had to do the seven-day quarantine. The, the room was so small. First off, the guy is like six foot two. Mm. I think he could lay down end to end, and he could literally touch both walls. Yeah. It was yeah. It, it's really bad, but uh, yeah. It, it it there's a couple streamers on YouTube, but that was one I saw, and I was just like, oh my god, that seems awful. I think I would go. I think if I didn't have the right things, I would definitely go crazy. Right, and uh, I I'm not sure if we're talking about the same one, but I did see another streamer comment on the quarantine from his uh, quarantine room, which happened to be. Um, at an APA hotel near Tokyo Skytree. So it wasn't all that bad location-wise. Uh, but that was his quarantine. If you could leave. <laughs> yeah. Af- after he finished his quarantine, then he had to go back to the airport t- to be processed and then go and finish his self-isolation wherever. But he complained that he had to wait at the airport in a chair for seven hours without food or water while they're waiting to call different people for processing and stuff for the quarantine. 
Oh, jeez. No, no that, that must have been a said different person because mm-hmm. he didn't cover having to go back to the airport. We just saw the he'd come from the UK to Japan, right. um, coming back home, essentially. Coming, mm-hmm. uh, he was actually flying from his parents' house back to his house. Wow. Um, and, um, yeah, he had to sit. He, it was I think he had a seven day. It, it, I want to say it was either three or six. All I know is it, the room looked like it was maybe 10 by 10. Yeah maybe 15 by 10 it was it had a bed it had a tiny desk and that was about and a, and a small little bathroom right. it was small even for japanese like like i have been to japan okay i have been in i have been in a small business hotel room in japan and i noted how small it was it made that room seem big <laughs> you know we had you know my in, in in the room i stayed in we had two singles and you could almost not get between them um and then you had to sort of turn sideways to get between the two singles and the wall unit where the uh, um, TV was. And then, of course, you had a, a, a reasonable sized bathroom. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was about half that size. Yikes. So, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a big deal. And uh, like uh, like we were saying, it's probably going to take Japan a lot of time to process these arrivals that are pending even before they get to possibly doing further easing of restrictions and allowing tourists in at some point. Yeah, I would, and I hope that happens, you know, because I have it, I have it on my, I know it's on my, my, my calendar to go back oh, yeah. <laughs> eventually. I would have gone to, I would have gone like a year ago if this didn't happen. So. Mm. Yep. Especially I, I... now that I can fly nonstop in Haneda. Yeah, I've never I've never flown to Haneda. All my flights to Japan have been into Narita and out of Narita, except one time I flew into Nagoya. Mm. Nagoya yeah, only... is a beautiful airport. I've only mm. been I've only been to Narita Airport, so mm. but I mean, considering how far away it is from Tokyo, I didn't think the experience was that bad. I mean, I took oh, no. you know, you know, especially because they they make it so easy. Oh yeah, you, you know, could take you could take a commuter train, fifteen bucks. You're in the heart of Tokyo. Oh, I, well, I did one better. I did a little bit better than that. I got the um, so for those of you who have never been to Japan, and you're, if you're thinking about going eventually, if you go to the JR um, the JR store at if you fly to Narita Airport, you go to the JR store at Narita Airport. There is a special type of pass that you can buy that is only for people who hold foreign passports. You have to have a foreign passport to do it. Um, I think when I bought it, it was $75 US. Um, and it gets you the Narita Express to and from. Um, and you don't have to, and it's not like you have to buy your ticket there of what time you just, you, you just have to sign up for the Narita Express 24 hours in advance. So you get a, essentially a coupon for, for your return trip. Right. And then $50, I think it was, on the Tokyo uh, Metro. So, I mean, and if you think about it, the Tokyo, you know, so you got $50 on Tokyo Metro. The Narita Express, I think it's $20 each way. Uh, 30, give or take. I think, yeah. 30 So you're getting about, you know, you're getting roughly $120 worth of stuff for 75 bucks. Right. I think you're talking about the, you're talking about the Suica card? Uh, I, I, I don't remember what it was called. I just remember I went to the JR station and we, we bought right. two of them. And it was, you know, it came out to be a very very good discount and we still used up all the money um you know oh and it's refundable yes <laughs> yeah, it's that's probably a, is the, yeah i think that's the narita card. express in tokyo ticket i think it was it's probably what you got 
Well, what well, what we got was, I mean, it, it was just one card that had that had, that had that you paid one price and you got all three. Right, right, right. But and then you could is it the 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 actual metro card you could use on the subway or actually I think you can use it the, theoretically anywhere JR the sub with Tokyo subway or anywhere JR runs because mm-hmm. um, I think it was a JR branded card. But, right, right. Um, yeah, if you had anything left over of it. Uh, if you added money, I think it was. I think if you added money to it and you had anything left over, they would refund that minus a fifteen percent fee, mm-hmm. which was great because you know it's just like okay, fine, you know, heck, we'll just put you know, oh hey, look, we're almost out of money. Oh, here's another twenty thousand. You know, hey, let's put another two thousand yen on it, and away <laughs> we go. Right. You know, don't matter. You know, it's not like it's not like the um, the the um, oyster card that I've got sitting in my. Uh, it, it, you know that have sitting in a in a wallet with for with all my other metro cards that still has I think like eight pounds on it. <laughs> well, I'll give you but a few trips card. on the tube. Yeah, not no, but say not. Is it is it the oyster card that's that that's the oyster uh, cards the, for London? Yeah, yeah, the London yeah for the London met for London Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a I got a I got an oyster card in there. I think I've got one from Boston Metro for the from the uh, MTA. It's got some money on it. I've got all these cards from various transit authorities yeah. that have some insignificant amount of of, of currency left on them. I, I do the same thing, and and I got some stuff in my safe. I don't want to pull it open now, but I, I kind of do the same thing. Yeah. But, the only one I don't have anymore is my Tokyo. It's the one for I have for my JR line because I turned it back in and got the money back. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've done once, I think. But uh, Neff, that was fun uh, when you visited. Uh, when uh, Mary and I went, um, yeah, we got uh, we got you your own personalized card, didn't we? Yeah, and I still have it. I know where it is. Actually, it, it's sitting in a it's sitting in a in a fire safe. Actually, right. uh, but it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Oh, you can personalize it. Oh, this is nice. So I mean, I still remember we got. I got we got to the airport, mm-hmm. you know. You, you saw me, you know, and we get the the taxi cab, and I'm like seeing the taxi cab has these fancy, for lack of a better term, doilies on the windows, and I'm going, yeah, that like this is clean. Like cabs where I'm from, they're disgusting. I mean, they're they're why Uber exists. This oh, is yeah. like, wow, Uber would never survive in Japan ever. Right. You don't need Japan. it. Exactly. Not that you wouldn't need it because one, the Tokyo Metro. I mean. I think every, you know, we were, me, my wife and I went there for three days, three full days. Um, and I don't think we ever had to not take the Metro because the Metro could get you within a block of anywhere oh, yeah. you wanted to go. You Now, to now to be fair, I had to use Google Maps to figure out which Metro lines we had to go and transfer at because mm. it, 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 it's, it's a maze. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, it it's probably one of the most when it comes to coverage, it has probably one of the best coverages I've ever seen of a metropolitan area. Oh yeah. Mm. And then and then I see you know as they're finally yes, building out what, my, construction. what Mystic said. I do know I do know that Uber is really uh, it does have a lot of population in Japan because of Uber Eats. Mm. Um, Uber Eats uh-huh. I've heard I've heard is really popular. Um, mm. over there because of the, because most places don't deliver, you know, you have very limited delivery. Right. And, you know, you always know with Uber Eats, you can just go order it and have it delivered. Right. I'll, I'll be very, I'll be very quick about taxis uh, because we have to wrap things up here. But um, 
but yeah, I've I've taken taxis a few times in Japan, and I, I can comment that they are wonderful. And um, I've always reserved them in advance. There was one time where I actually called an English hotline uh, for the Honkotsu taxi service, and I that was the time when I had to tell the dispatcher that was when Mary and I were in Japan. We want to stop at this hotel to pick up Neff, and then we want to go to the train station in Ueno to pick up the Skyliner so we could take the Skyliner to Narita Airport. So taxis for short-range travel, at least, to go from a, um, from a train station to at least uh, you know, someone that might, some place that might be out of the way is amazing. And these Tokyo taxi drivers, all the credit to them for knowing where these places are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got lucky in that the, the hotel when I when we went, the hotel we stayed at was literally half a block from a station. Oh yeah. Well, JR knows where we stayed because he sent me a sent me a guidebook. Like the second day I was there, I got a call from the front desk because a guide a package had been delivered by Amazon, I think. <laughs> and JR had sent something to the to our to our actual hotel. I'm just like, what? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Wow, I remember that. <laughs> oh, got the guidebook. <laughs> wow. How old is that? Jose's travel tips. Yeah, it, it's kind of redundant for me to give travel tips right now when the borders are closed, but hey. <laughs> but They'll yeah. open soon enough. Yeah, exactly. But uh, So, uh, the, the story about Japan I always love telling, and it's just because it's so funny. And it's so, uh, if, you, if you know, if anyone who knows my, my, me and my wife, it's mm-hmm. so very us. We were in Crystal Sea. I'd say is that Crystal City the 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 little you go across the Rainbow Bridge and Odaiba. That little, yeah the, oh okay, yeah the the little entertainment district that's over there um, and we were in one of the two really large I want to say malls but they're not really malls but they sort of are malls Aqua City <laughs> that are, what's that is it Aqua City um no it wasn't Aqua City it was it was it literally had like a bunch of restaurants and stores and things like that I mean it was like it was essentially like a, a an American mall but it's not a mall <laughs> oh okay um, I think uh if I look at it on a map I'll tell you real quick I think I know what you're talking about um but anyways we were there and we were you know there around dinner time and we we're looking around for a place to eat and we mm-hmm. saw a Tex-Mex restaurant and my wife and I look at each other and we're like Oh, we have to try this. <laughs> it it actually started one of the two traditions we sort of do, which is which is one we always try to go to McDonald's somewhere. You know, if I'm if I'm traveling, I always go to the McDonald's because it's always interesting. Of course, of course. Um, because it is so different in so many places. Indian mm-hmm. McDonald's is is such a different experience than you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we went to this. So we went to this Tex-Mex place, and it was really nice. And mm. we got, you know, we got sat out by, you know, out, the, you know, the back by the windows. You had a great view of the sunset going uh, down over the Rainbow Bridge. It was a beautiful scene. Mm. Um, and we ordered Tex-Mex, mm. and it showed up. Well, I mean, the first thing that should have been suspicious is I've never had Tex-Mex served with a salad bar. That had potato salad and things like that on it. That should have been sign number one that perhaps the maybe with better options. Um, and and like many things, you know, this is gonna fall. This is gonna fall into stereotypes, but um, there is there is a stereotype that Japanese, you know, when it comes to things in Japan, a lot of times they are aesthetically correct, but sometimes very functionally wrong. 
And that's exactly what it sort of happened here. We ordered, I think we ordered enchiladas and they looked at, you know, chicken enchiladas. They looked absolutely, you know, fantastic, you know, you know, white cheese smothered over the top with a red sauce and with a tortilla and very well, very good. You know, the chicken was cooked fantastically, but the sauce was more cumin based not pepper based. Oh. The cheese was mozzarella cheese. <laughs> that cogito cheese. And it, as I said, it was one of those things where it was functionally correct. Or, I mean, it was aesthetically correct, but functionally very, very wrong. Adaptive for Japanese tastes. You know, just like mayonnaise or, or, on pizza. Or, or just, it was just, they saw a picture of it and goes, oh, hey, we can do this. <laughs> so, um, the, the, the funniest thing, the best part about that meal was the refried beans because it tasted like it literally came from an El, uh, Old El Paso refried beans can. Of which they put two soybeans on top as decor. The Mexican rice was Japanese sticky rice with tomato flakes in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. The, the, that's the functional equivalent. There's a company that actually will take a Hyundai and build on top of it to make it look like a 1969 Ford Mustang Mach 1. Excuse me? It Why? might look like a Ford Mustang Mach 1, but underneath, it's a Hyundai. Yeah, I'm about to say, it's very obvious the moment you hit the pedal that this is not what you say it is. It's like, wait a minute, you hit the pedal and the little hamster goes, are you kidding me? So, uh, Kay, there were two other um, places that came to mind. Uh, the one that called that said Venus Fort, and then there's another place called Dex. I, I, I can tell you, so I can tell you, I know which building it is. Let me actually, let me go real quick okay. here, see if I can. I know, the reason why I say I know what building it is, because I have a picture of one of the stores we found on the first floor and you, you you can't it's one of those places that no matter where you went whether it was japan or anywhere else you will never forget it because it was a giant store with a big gigantic wiener out the front it was bright red and the name of the store was condomania <laughs> and with that we're gonna go to the closing commentary <laughs> which apparently <laughs> I didn't realize it's a chain in Japan. Oh, yes. I, I've Oof. seen one in Harajuku. But anyway. <laughs> if you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this uh, Twitch stream, or anything you hear on Extreme on Radio, or anything you hear on Extreme on Radio, drop us a line at Extreme on Radio at gmail.com or check out our social media pages. You can get to them by going to linktree.com forward slash anime radio. There you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram account, our Twitter account, our Discord server, and our YouTube channel. And don't forget, you can get archived versions of these podcasts at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. Now remember, if you're a longtime fan of Extreme Anime Radio, you know the case said a lot worse on the air. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is it. And, and, and is it, that's actually a literal store. It's, oh yes, it's, it was, he's right. It, 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 it it just struck me when you're like you go that's one of those things you expect in an area like Harajuku 
sort of expect that because you're in that area where that sort of stuff sort of exists. Mm. But oh, the Odaiba, I think it's right. Yeah, Odaiba is where uh, um, that, you know, I was not expecting that while also, you know, turning around and looking and seeing the Sega, the giant Sega arcade. And then you get on the train and you come across the giant Gundam, which the giant Gundam was there when, when you know, had just gone up when I had gone mm. um, outside of the, well, I think that's a Gundam museum. I think that's there, if I remember correctly. Right. But yeah, I've said much worse than that. That that's just one of those things you just look at. He's like, I would have been ready for this anywhere else in Tokyo. Like there are sections of Tokyo that I expect the weird. Right, Harajuku. I expect the weird. Um, over in the technology district, Akihabara. I expect Akihabara. Expect the weird. Over in this little entertainment, you know, fairly modern reclaimed entertainment district where they have you know the Gundam and things like that. I wasn't getting the weird vibe there. And so it just threw me off. <laughs> well, that's like, you know, when I accidentally almost walked into, a, got dragged into a place and JR and Mary, Mary Hop were like, no, and dragging me away. And I'm like, why? They explained to me and I'm like, oh, thank you for saving me from that place. Thank you very oh, much. It, was it one of the, one of the special bars? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. There's the different levels of special. Time. I'll let I'll let people think about what different because there's different levels of special. There's the rip you off special, and then there you know you know the there's the tourist trap special, and then there's the special. <laughs> you mean the happy ending special? And with oh, there's that, those too. I was uh, I was more I was more thinking about the oh hey, there's lots of pretty women. These aren't women. <laughs> and with that, I think we're gonna end our show tonight. Uh, Kay, anything you'd like to say to our viewers for our 21st anniversary? Um, go. I think the station is going to go get drunk after this. Yes, um, especially it, has, after it already has. We had here. I think it's. I think it's going to have to just like the, the station be like, I got to purge myself of all of this. <laughs> um, but uh, we, well, okay, we really appreciate you taking the time tonight to join us, and uh, it was I, fun. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. And uh, if we do, if Japan's borders open to tourists again, we have to bring you back. We we'll do a Japan travel show of sorts. What do you say? <laughs> I could do that. Um, my my information is very out of date because it's, it's been ten years since I've went to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I have no problems with it. I can talk about what little we saw in three days. Which, by the way, a whirlwind tour of of Tokyo in three days. Don't do it. Not to say <laughs> that was the most exhausting three days. My wife, my wife now, you know, at the time she was my girlfriend, but she nearly murdered me on that trip because. Um, yeah, I move at a much faster pace than she does, and that was oh, yeah. very painful for her. But yeah, it was. It, it's definitely we 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 had a lot of fun. We went, you know, I actually have never been to Akihabara, so I can't comment to Akihabara. We mm. only the only place we went to is we went to uh, or the only major area we went to Harajuku because that was just a focus. We wanted to go to Harajuku, Shibuya, right, um, and the Meiji Shrine. We did all that in one day. That's good. Um, um, and that's that, a good sampling there. Oh, that's Shibuya Harajuku. That Shibuya Harajuku, uh, Shibuya Harajuku Meiji Shrine area is absolutely a interesting part of town. Just mm -hmm. like I think in the day two, I think we went to uh, was it Ueno Park? Is it Ueno Park that has the big giant? No, that's not Ueno, isn't it? That the, the one that the big um, the the big shrine that that sort of with the big bell that everyone goes to. Oh, is that, is that Saksa? 
that 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 sounds right. Um, all I know is what we remember of that place is not the actual shrine itself. The shrine itself was really cool. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, mm-hmm. but what we what we actually take though. note of is we found a the, the only, that was the only place in Tokyo where he, we actually saw a um, a store dedicated to um, shoot. Oh gosh. These names shouldn't be slipping past me. I just literally watched an anime from them uh, <laughs> yesterday, two days ago now. Um, excuse me. Um, but, um, oh, gosh, come on. The Totoro <laughs> and all that. My brain is just not working today. TikTok, it's getting late. That's why. Yeah, it was, yeah but, it, you know, it was the studio who did Tokyo, Studio Ghibli. It was a Studio Ghibli store. Okay. Like, like in the middle of nowhere we were just walking down this you know actually it wasn't the middle of nowhere we're walking down the main drag going towards the shrine which everyone mm-hmm. said everyone knows this you know it's 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 a well-known tourist area mm-hmm. you know you've got all these festival shrines going up towards the shrine so you know yeah you you know probably exactly which shrine i'm talking about mm-hmm. but off to the edge besides going to a california pizza kitchen where we had tokyo pizza which was oh god you an onion and mayonnaise pizza and it was canned tuna. I don't understand why you would put canned tuna on a pizza when you're in Tokyo. It makes me sad. But anyways, um, <laughs> there was um, a Studio Ghibli store. And uh, I, my my wife nearly broke me because she's an anime fan. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, she is a nut for Ghibli. Mm. Nut for Studio Ghibli. And so walking in there, and especially when they have a Totoro that I had to tell her, dear... We can't fit that into our luggage. Mm-hmm. We can't fit that into two luggages. <laughs> I don't even think I can cargo ship that home. <laughs> it was bigger. It was literally about seven foot tall. Oh boy! Yeah, it was a. It was literally a a like Huggle Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember. I remember once when we we bought uh, enough things that we had to buy luggage uh, before we came back because we had to put extra stuff in it but uh so that's why i always bring an extra empty we we normally we were flying up we were flying abroad flying abroad we will bring an empty suitcase just for that reason of course of course hey uh hey uh neff anything you'd like to say to Kay as we wrap up the show well thanks for you know all you've done you know to give us this wonderful platform you know that's morphed and changed over the years and although you weren't directly responsible for it, you know, this platform gave me a shot at doing something that I've grown to love. And for that, I must salute you greatly, sir. Ah, eh, don't. It's, thank you. But you guys have made it your own on your own. <laughs> that, 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 that was all you guys, you know, so. And everybody else who's helped over the years, of course, we can't thank him enough. Um, and bef- really quickly before I sign off, uh, one of the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida, her birthday's today, uh, Naku Invisible Wonders cosplay, so I want to give her a quick shout-out. Happy birthday, Naku. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope we can work together again on some more projects in the future. And with that, we will close things out. Uh, we will decide when we're going to come back onto stream to continue Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, so we will keep you posted on our social media platforms. But for KNF, I'm JR. We thank you for watching and listening to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We'll see you next time. And remember, keep on looking out for the Extreme Radio Podcast. And don't forget, archive versions of these podcasts are available at anchor.fm 
forward slash anime radio. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.